So how do you get attention for your business without spending money? They're called talk triggers, and Jay Bear is going to share how you do it on this episode of the Local Business Podcast. Hello, everybody. What is going on? I am your host for the Local Business Podcast. My name is Bruce Irving. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode number one. Technically, this is episode number two, but episode number one was really just what the gist of this podcast is all about. And real quickly, I'll give you that gist right here. We're going to talk to local business owners. We're going to talk to business experts, marketing experts, and share what is working right now to grow your local business. Who am I? My name is Bruce Irving. I also run another podcast called the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I've been a speaker at Social Media Marketing World and many, many conferences around the country talking about marketing for restaurants, local businesses. We also have an agency where we do marketing for local businesses. And I wanted to start this podcast because I wanted to share stories about local business owners who are doing cool things. And I really love talking to local business owners. And I also wanna share the expertise of my friends and other speakers who I meet along the way to help them come on and share their expertise about Instagram or about Facebook or about direct mail or hiring or training your employees. Anything that goes along with running a local business I want to have a podcast episode to help you about that specific topic. And today we're talking about talk triggers. What are talk triggers? Talk triggers are the things that other people and your customers say or talk about your business and how they remember your business without it being a marketing tactic. I know it sounds weird. But Jay Bear does a much better job of describing what exactly a talk trigger is on this episode right here. Jay Bear is a author, speaker, very smart individual, and he travels all around the country speaking at events. He's written multiple books. And on this episode, he shares what exactly you can do inside of your business to start and create a talk trigger so that you don't have to spend as much money on marketing. Now I know, we have a marketing agency and I'm bringing Jay on to talk about how you don't have to do any more marketing, but I I think that you can do both. I think that you're gonna listen to Jay on this podcast episode and say, you know what, I'm gonna do a talk trigger, but I also wanna do some marketing on the side. And Jay doesn't totally disbelieve in marketing, he just thinks that every business can have some sort of talk trigger to help them get there a little bit quicker. So. Let's get into today's episode with Jay Bear. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited for my guest today. Seventh-generation entrepreneur, author of six best-selling books, founder of five multi-million-dollar companies, host of the Social Pros podcast, and the new Standing Ovation podcast. Also, his new book, Talk Triggers, is a complete guide to creating customers using strategic operational differentiators that compel word of mouth. My guest today is none other than Jay Bear. Hey, Jay, welcome to the show. What is going on? Delighted to be here. Also, so we're in the right place. <laughs> What's up, Jay? So tell everybody who's listening to the podcast. I'm sure they're familiar with your podcast, Social Bros. I know uh, I've heard a couple people on there that I've had on the podcast as well. Uh, but give everybody a little right. background as to what you do in uh, your philosophy on marketing and talk triggers. 
yeah, I've been in marketing now for 30, yeah, 30 years. Wow. Uh, started off in, in, in direct mail and in more traditional marketing, uh, magazine, newspaper, radio, television. And very, very, very early, I sort of accidentally got involved in digital marketing. Uh, I, I got involved all the way back in 1993 when domain names were free. I started doing this so long ago <laughs> that when I started in my first internet company, my, uh, my partners and I sold the domain name Budweiser.com to Anheuser-Busch Brewing for 50 cases of beer. Uh, that's, <laughs> wow. that, and we like, thought we got like, such a good deal. That, that's how long ago it was. So I've seen a lot of things uh, in, in my career. My current firm is called Convince and Convert. Uh, we're a strategy firm that works with lots of big companies all around the world on social media strategy, content marketing strategy, and customer experience strategy. And I've spent a lot of my time uh, traveling around, giving speeches and, and, and writing books and doing podcasts. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. But one of the things that we've discovered today is that yes, you can buy ads and and create content and all the things that you can and, and maybe should do. But one thing is true today that's been true for like 10,000 years, like since caveman days, is that the best way to grow your business, the best way to grow any business, is for your customers to grow it for you. And I think we all know that, but yet when we go to run our business, we take it for granted. Like I'll tell you this, Word of mouth influences 50% of all decisions and 91% of B2B decisions, but 50% of all decisions. And yet nobody has an actual strategy for it. My, my friend, John Jantz, who runs Duct Tape Marketing, says that fewer than 1% of businesses have an actual word of mouth strategy. And that's, that's exactly right. And it's so weird, right? Because you might have a sales strategy, you might have a marketing strategy, you might have a social media strategy, you might even have a crisis management strategy. Uh, you got strategies for everything. But the one thing you don't have a strategy for is the most important thing of all, which is word of mouth. We just take it for granted. We just assume that if we run a good business, that our customers will naturally notice that and talk about it. It's the old but, saying, but that, like, if you build it, they will come. Right. But that's not how the world works. Like it, like it makes sense on paper, but then you think about your own behavior. Like I, I don't know everybody uh, you know, tuning in. I probably know some of you, but I know this for sure. Nobody has ever said, hey, let me tell you about this experience I just had. It was perfectly adequate. <laughs> Right. Nobody ever says that. Right. Because it's a terrible story to tell and it's not a very good story to listen to either. And, and we just, you know, we talk about things that are different and we ignore things that are average. It's just human nature. There's nothing we can do about it. So if you want to get your customers doing your marketing for you, and trust me, you do, you have to give them a story to tell. You have to do something different in the operations of your business that they notice and discuss. And that requires having an actual strategy, not just kind of executing well day to day. So I think a lot of our listeners are local businesses, small business mm -hmm. owners. Even which, better. Yeah, which is this is a perfect strategy for them. The, the, the thing that they have or they don't have is vision. Like they don't know how to come up with these ideas or mm -hmm. maybe they have seen somebody's talk trigger or they see an idea that somebody else is executing on it. And then instead of coming up with their own, they try to piggyback off of somebody else's and it sure. may not work as well. That's right. That's right. And let me define a talk trigger for everybody out there. A talk trigger is a customer experience decision, an operational decision 
that you make in your business that is designed to create conversations. And I'll give you an example. There is a restaurant in Sacramento, California. It is a hamburger restaurant called Skip's Kitchen. Skip is owned by Skip Wall and, and his wife. They've owned it for 10 years now. He used to be the regional manager for all the Chili's restaurants in Northern California, left that, started his own thing. Said, hey, I can do this on my own. They've been in business for 10 years. There's, there's a line to get in every day. It is packed constantly. Yet, Skip has spent a grand total of $0.00 and 0 cents on advertising ever in 10 years. How do they do it? Well, they have a talk trigger. They have made a decision to do something different in the operations of their business that is designed to create customer conversations. So here's how it works. Uh, it's a counter service restaurant. So you, you know they got a menu board. And you go to the front and you say, okay, I want a patty melt and an onion rings and a, a, a Coke Zero. And then when your food is ready, they give you a number and, and they bring it out to your table. Like we've all been to restaurants like that. There's nothing interesting or dynamic about that. However, after you order, but before you pay, the counter person whips out a deck of playing cards and fans them out face down in front of you and looks you dead in the eye and says, pick a card and you pick a card. And if you get a joker, your entire meal is free. Whether you've ordered for just yourself or like an entire high school soccer team. Wow. Now on average, on average, mathematically about four people a day win this game. And when they win, they go shit crazy right <laughs> they're like taking you know patty melt selfies and they're calling their mom crying and of course they're putting all kinds of reviews on google facebook TripAdvisor. they're you know they're 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 telling their friends they're you know posting it to instagram it's a whole thing it's so successful that despite the fact that outside their restaurant they have a giant neon sign that says skip's kitchen people in sacramento don't call it skip's kitchen they call it that joker restaurant. Now, do they have good food? Totally. Do they have good service? Absolutely. Is the restaurant clean? Yes. Are there nice bathrooms? There are. Is the pricing fair? Absolutely. But guess what? So is that true for about another 55 restaurants in their market. Wow. Having they, good food and having good service is not distinctive because that's the minimum thing that you have to provide to stay in business. Correct. They've chosen to do one thing different and we all need to make that choice. No matter what marketing you do or talk trigger you do, the first thing we always say to people is, listen, you have to have good service and good food because no matter what else you do, if you don't have those two things straight, nothing's going to work. Yeah, you can't have a deck of cards and terrible pizza. Like that ain't going to work, <laughs> no. right? You got you to like, do the basics well, but that's a given, right? And, and see, that's, that's the fundamental thing that I'm talking about here. So many business owners, especially small business owners, are like, well, you know, we have good food and we have good service. Why don't people talk about that? It's like, well, because they expect you to have good food and good service. You're a restaurant. <laughs> like that's that's kind of like part of the deal, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's like, look, I've, I, I have an accountant, right? Everybody has an accountant. I've never said, hey, guys, check this out. I got my tax return and all the numbers added up. <laughs> Right, because that's what you expect of an accountant, right? That's not a story. You have to give people a story. Nobody's clamoring to, to write a review, which is why if you look at your reviews, which are more important than ever, I think we all know that, a lot of reviews are five stars because you, you did something extra that they didn't expect, or they're one stars because you disappointed them. There's not very many two, three, or four star reviews because it's like, well, 
I don't feel compelled to tell anybody about this experience. And, and so you, you got to do something that they notice. I'm talking about if you look at Skip's Kitchen on TripAdvisor or, or Yelp or Foursquare or anything else, you'll see review after review after review after review after review that mentions the cards. Let me ask you a question about Skip's Kitchen. Did they start out doing this right when they opened or was it something that they uh, kind of figured out after that? Yeah, great question. So they they started it about, I want to say six months after they opened. Okay. Um, Because what was happening is they have a very... a very short, that's uh, not the wrong way to say it, a very small kind of front foyer. Yeah. And so it's counter service. And so it's getting kind of crowded and, and kind of a mess. And it wasn't a very good customer experience. And so you're kind of waiting in line, but it's not a very good line experience. Um, and, and so Skip, who's very, very smart, was like, look, I have to do something that makes waiting in line better. So they originally tried TVs. Like, okay, we're going to have TVs in the line and and that didn't work and nobody really cared. And then they were going to do like, maybe we get like a mime or something to entertain <laughs> people in the line. They're like, no, nah, people hate clowns. That's not going to work. Uh, and then he, he's, he literally just said, hey, w- let's just try this one day. Went to the Walmart, got a pack of cards and God's honest truth, first person won. No way. First person they ever tried it on won. Uh, and then their reaction was so over the top. He's like, well, wait a second. This actually uh, could could be a thing. And, uh, and and the rest is history. Did it go, did it like explode right after that? Or was it a time? Because local yes. business owners are impatient. Of course they are, as they should be. So I wonder if it like took, if it like exploded right off the bat. Well, obviously the, the first person getting the Joker was probably a catalyst to make it go. It definitely helped. Definitely yeah. helped. And, and, you know, it's just something that people don't, don't, uh, they just don't expect. They don't anticipate. And, and look, that what's interesting about it is, is they take something that is very perfunctory and mundane, right? The process of between ordering and payment, right? There, there is no touch point there typically. And they've inserted this into that dead space of the relationship, which is really, really smart. When you're working on talk triggers, one of the best things you can do is take the things that are the most boring and just put a little twist on them, right? So I'll give you an example. Um, uh, I have a business card. A lot of people have business cards. Business cards are people take them, they throw them away, right? They're just a tiny piece of cardboard. Nobody cares anymore. My business card, I'll actually hold it up since we are on camera, is a, a steel uh, bottle opener. It's a metal bottle opener. Amazing. Now, this business card cost me $3 per card, but I've had these cards now for 10 years. People come up to me on a weekly basis, and I'm not exaggerating at all, and say, Jay, I met you at a conference uh, in 2011, and I got your business card. I still have it. It's in my golf bag, or it's in my boat, or it's uh, in my kitchen. And I'm like, look, man, if Nine years later, you can just see me and know instantly where my business card is amongst all of your possessions. This talk trigger has done its job, right? So you take something that's super boring, like a business card, and you just put a little twist on it, right? So look, this isn't about going viral. This isn't about, hey, let's you know do some sort of stunt marketing. Nah, 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 man. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a word of mouth strategy that you do every day for every customer that creates word of mouth every day, week, month, quarter, year, all into the future. You're probably familiar with uh, Doubletree Hotels, right? Correct, yeah. Doubletree Hotels is an incredible talk trigger. Uh, I mentioned a lot in the book uh, where they give every guest a warm chocolate chip cookie when you check into the hotel. Maybe some folks out there have experienced that. They've been doing this uh, talk trigger every day for every guest for 30 years. 
30 years, right? Wow. This, isn't a, this isn't a quarter, this isn't a one week trial, 30 years. So we did a bunch of research on this with, with Hilton Hotels for the book. Um, and we found that every day, today, tomorrow, the next day, they give out about 75,000 cookies a day. How many? Wide, right, 75,000 a day. Wow. All over the world, which is a ton of cookies, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but we're like, okay, um, how important is this though? So we did this huge research project where we surveyed thousands of Doubletree customers all over the world. And we found that 34% of them have told a story to somebody else about that cookie. Which means, if you do the math on that, today, tomorrow, the next day, every single day, 22,500 stories are told about those cookies every single day companion question when's the last time you saw a double tree ad like like never is the answer because they don't spend any money on advertising the cookie is the ad the talk trigger is the marketing so when you do this well people say well, we can't afford to to give away uh give away pizza to somebody who pulls out a joker we can't afford to give somebody a cookie well you can if you don't have to spend any money on advertising or a lot less money on advertising right it's an investment not an expense you just have to think about how you're going to make that relationship work in your own business. That's funny. We have a client that we work with who's in Minnesota, and they have a similar Joker experience with customers. So every Tuesday cool. night, um, they do kind of the same thing. But what they do is they have they I think they add twenty five or fifty dollars to a pot, and you come there between four and six o'clock. You get a meal, and if you come between those times or on that specific night, you get a chance to pick a card. And if you pick the Joker out of the deck of cards, you win the pot. And every week it gets up $25 for $50. So it's kind of the same uh, experience that yeah. you're talking about as Kip's Kitchen, not at every That's customer. great. It's like, real, it's like real cash. I like yeah. that. I think they've had someone a couple weeks ago win like $1,200. Wow, that would make that would make your day for sure. Now, what what we would say in our in our consulting practice is that's a good talk trigger, but not a great talk trigger because our preference is that you said it's Tuesdays four to six. Our preference is that you build it into your operations so that it's always on. Because if you're trying to use word of mouth as as a marketing approach, you want as many people talking as you possibly can. So yes, it's certainly better to do something Tuesdays four to six than to do nothing. But what we would say is figure out a way to do it every day, all day, because the number of people then who have exposure to the story is geometrically larger. And what you want is to have as many storytellers as possible, which is why at Doubletree, it's not only um, people who are Hilton Honors Rewards Club members or, or people who have returned to the hotel. Everybody who checks in gets a cookie, period, always. That's a great transition. So when someone is looking at their own business, what are some steps to try to figure out what talk trigger you could come up with for your business? The first thing to do is, and you probably know this intuitively, but it really helps to write it down, is to grab paper and really write down what we would call your customer journey. So what are all the interaction points that you have with customers? It may depend on uh, how much delivery is a part of your business or, or third-party uh, delivery uh, systems and all those kind of things. But, you know, it's how do they become aware of you? You know, is it, is it a Google search? Certainly that's a possibility, et cetera, et cetera. Then do they, do they walk into the front door? Do you seat them? Do they get a menu? It's going to depend on the business. But, but map all of that out so you actually literally have a flow chart of all the different touch points that, that your business has with customers and prospective customers, okay? That's, that's step one. Step two then is, is the best approach is to actually do some research on this. 
what what most businesses will do, especially small businesses, is they'll sit down, you know, and grab a beer and say, okay, let's just brainstorm some cool stuff. It's like, yeah, I get that. But if it was that easy, you'd already do it. Right. right? So so the better approach, especially because we think we know what customers want, but we don't usually as well as we think we do, is to actually interview customers. So grab, you know, grab 10, 12 customers and actually literally sit down with them one-on-one, phone, face-to-face, whatever the circumstances are, and say, look, at this particular point, when you um, when you pay the bill, when you get a menu, when you uh, order uh, online, like what do you expect would happen? Like what? You know, describe this ex- experience for me, and and what do you expect? Because what you want to, what you're trying to create is essentially an expectations map. What do they expect at each touch point? Because here's the 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 Bruce, the real key point here. If you know what customers expect you by definition know what they do not expect. And the talk trigger has to live in the place that they don't expect. Because if they expect it, it's not very talkable. So you want to kind of do that research and then you start to say, okay, what are some things that we could do that would surprise customers? Because again, this is about being unexpected. It is a surprise. What can we do that would surprise them? And then you start to think about, all right, what are the operational realities of these? Some things are going to be easier, some are going to be harder. That's kind of the process you go through to to start to narrow down some potential talk triggers. When we do this for clients, we usually, after that process, end up with three ideas that everybody's like, yep, we could do this. We believe in it. We think it would work. We know it's possible. Uh, and, And then we test one of those ideas. And, and see how talkable it is. Does it show up in reviews? Do people post about it in social media? You, you test the innate talkability of an idea. And if, it, and if it hits a threshold that feels pretty good, then you roll it out uh, to every customer. Hmm. What do you think about someone? So that uh, the, the Joker idea that you gave from Skip's mm-hmm. Kitchen is obviously a great idea. Is that something that someone can use or do you think that they should come up with their own? I think you can totally use it. I mean, it's, it, you know, Skips is in one market. It's a different kind of business. Uh, you know, you might put your own twist on it, but, but, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shy away from doing talk triggers that you may have seen in other businesses. Uh, I, I wouldn't do a talk trigger that somebody else in your market is doing in your same business. Like that's just obviously people are going to know that you weren't first and, and that's going to create negative word of mouth. If anything, you don't want to just like rip, rip off a competitor, obviously, but if if you're inspired by another industry or another market, I you know I think it's uh, I think it's fine. Have, did you see what Boston Pizza did with the um, uh, you know the little uh, you guys think there's a name for it in the industry the little plastic table thing that goes in yeah, the box yeah the table tent that they have for the box yeah yeah and then Boston Pizza in Canada did it uh, for a summer promotion talk trigger where it came not only with a little table yeah. but with a bunch of patio chairs as well so it made like a patio set which is amazing like that is like so Instagram catnip like such a great talk trigger. Uh, I, I love that that example. I think it's uh, it's so, so smart. I think too, like the opportunity to give something away for free that you have, either your product or your service, is probably the cheapest thing that you can do versus giving somebody money, right? Like your service or product, yeah. if you have a pizza or you have a dinner, uh, usually the dinner is 25 to 35% of what you charge for it. So if you give that away for free, if somebody wins it, however you come up with that idea to give it away, um, is is something that any business can easily do. Yeah, you have to you just have to think about the math differently. Like uh, in my previous book, Hug Your Haters, which is all about customer service, which I love, and, by the uh, way. and thank you, and ratings and reviews. Uh, I, I talk about Debbie Goldberg, who who uh, until somewhat recently was uh, was the head of uh, Fresh Brothers Pizza, which is now maybe twenty locations in Southern California. Oh, yeah, yeah I know great. Debbie. 
yeah, so so she's kind of out of the business now, but for a long time she was kind of on the front lines. And and to your point about sort of understanding true costs. So what she would do, this is so great. I actually wrote it up in that book, Hug Your Haters. If somebody left a uh, one-star review of, of one of their uh, restaurants on Yelp, TripAdvisor, Google, et cetera, she would, she would answer back right away, which is a best practice. Answer every review, folks. She would say, hi, uh, <laughs> I I'm literally Debbie. just did a podcast yesterday about that. Good. Uh, I'm Debbie. Uh, you know, I'm the owner of Fresh Brothers. I, I'm terribly sorry about the experience you had. That is not how we like to do business. I will absolutely be talking to the manager of that location today to make sure this uh, doesn't happen again. By the way, if I sent you a $10 gift card, would you give us another try? If somebody leaves a five-star review, thanks so much for taking the time to leave us a review. I'm Debbie. I'm the owner of Fresh Brothers. I am thrilled that you took the time to tell everybody else out there about your experiences with us. That's so kind of you. Hey, by the way, if I sent you a $10 gift card, would you come back and promise to bring somebody with you who's never been here before? Amazing. So smart, right? And so when I talk to small business owners, they say, well, geez, how much is that costing her in gift cards? I'm like, well, really nothing. Because if you can recover a customer at the expense of $10, that's the cheapest marketing you'll ever do. And if you can get a satisfied customer to introduce the business to somebody else for the cost of $10, that's the cheapest marketing you can ever do, which is exactly what, what she said. She's like, we keep it in a, in a database so we know people aren't like scamming us out of multiple gift cards, right? She's like, we solved that problem, the, right. the sort of the trustworthiness. But she's like, for $10, for, for almost a guaranteed uh, you know, win, like that's who wouldn't invest in that? She's like, it's an investment, not an expense. And she's so smart about that kind of thing. Uh, and I think it's something that, that everybody should consider. But uh, ironically, so few people do it. Yeah, I don't know why that is. I feel like uh, restaurant owners or small business owners have like a scarcity mindset and they don't want to give give stuff away. They feel like people are uh, there. For me, they're immediately on defense, right? And they feel like people are going to mm -hmm. immediately take advantage of them. It, my brain just went to someone when you said, uh, leave a one-star review, give them a $10 gift card. My immediate thought was, here's the excuse business owners are going to make. Well, if I do that, everybody's going to go leave a one-star review to get a $10 gift card. Right. And that won't actually happen. <laughs> right. But that's the mentality <laughs> that's that they not, have. That won't actually happen. Uh, you know, could it happen once or twice? Maybe. Uh, but it won't happen in large measure. But you're right. It's a scarcity mindset. I, I grew up in a restaurant. I don't know if you know this, Bruce. My dad no, owned a restaurant when I was a kid. My dad owned a restaurant when I was a kid, and I, I uh, it was a steakhouse, and I, I grew up, uh, you know, kind of behind the bar and playing the jukebox, which is why I became a <laughs> DJ in college. And and my dad used to always tell me this story, even when I was just a little tiny kid, right, seven, eight years old, and always really stuck with me when I started in business. He said, the big mistake our competition makes is that when the economy, I'm from Arizona, and Arizona is subject to a lot of uh, economic whipsaws because of the real estate market. And he said, when, when times are bad here, all of our competitors raise their prices. And when times are bad, we always drop our prices, right? And we just clean up, right? We just take everybody's business. Uh, and and then he did it over and over and over. And, and I, I once met uh, Herb Kelleher, now the now deceased uh, founder of Southwest Airlines a long time ago. I was probably 21 and I was at an event with him and, and he said something that stuck with me uh, to this day. He said, whenever Southwest is doing poorly and the airline business is doing poorly, right? The airline business also subject to wild economic fluctuations, as we all right. know. He said, whenever the economy is bad, Southwest doubles their advertising. 
And I was like, bro, that is super smart. Right. And, and that's the thing that, that, you know, most people just don't get it because again, it's a scarcity mindset and, and you're not playing the long game. You're playing the short game. And if everybody plays the short game, uh, you know, you can really, really uh, outflank them if you're willing to just look a little farther off the horizon. Yeah, and, and that's what's so important about word of mouth, right? Yep. Look, talk triggers doesn't work like an advertisement. It doesn't work like a full page ad or a radio commercial or anything else. It doesn't work like that, right? Or, or a coupon mailer. It's not going to drive a bunch of people in the door tomorrow. But if you rely on advertising and then you stop advertising, especially if you're advertising on promotions, guess what happens? Customers stop coming. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're relying on word of mouth, if you're turning your customers into your best marketers, that will work forever. Like that spigot doesn't get turned off. And, and that's why if you're willing to think a little bit farther out, word of mouth is infinitely better uh, than any other approach. You, you probably know uh, Robert Stevens, who's the founder of Geek Squad, uh, yeah. another one of my business heroes, just a brilliant man. He has a quote that I, I like to use. He says that advertising is a tax paid by the unremarkable. <laughs> and I really, really love that statement, right? Because there's a lot of truth to that. Now, look, there's a time and a place for advertising. Don't get me wrong. But it's also true that the best businesses advertise the least because their customers do it for them. Right. It goes to, you know, you know, I know you know Tyler Anderson, who does a lot about UGC. Of course. And mm -hmm. we had a podcast about that where uh, local businesses or pizzerias or restaurants are always looking for ideas of what content they should be producing. And if you come up with a talk trigger that's uh, worthwhile enough for your customers to post about, that's content that you could take and use in your marketing where you're promoting your business and you're promoting the talk trigger, but you're not discounting or couponing. People take a lot of pictures of their food now, as we all know. <laughs> That's and, true. And, and pizza, pizza is particularly, by the way. Yeah. I mean, pizza is particularly prone to that, right? It's got lots of colors and shapes and textures and it glistens and, and all that. So, so I would do a couple of things if I owned a, a, a pizza restaurant, I would a, uh, take a look at the lighting in my actual location. If it's sit down to say, Hey, is there something we can do to the lighting in here? Usually lighting is a little harsh in pizza places. Can we do something to the lighting to make it work better on camera? Literally, I would change the lighting in the dining room as a result. And then second, uh, I would have some sort of Instagram-worthy thing in the restaurant, right? You know, everybody's seen the, the the angel wings painted on the side of the building that everybody stands in front of and takes pictures. Like, you know, I would, I would have some giant pizza mural or something painted in the restaurant that people want to take pictures in front of. And then the third thing I, was, I would do is I would have table tents that 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 talk about your new promotion, um, which is I'm going to make this up. This is real time consulting, the most dangerous kind of consulting to do. <laughs> uh, I would I would. It's called um, the promotion is called hashtag Pizza Picasso, and in the Pizza Picasso promotion, uh, every week we have customers take pictures of pizzas and they upload it to their Instagram with the hashtag Pizza Picasso, and then whichever photograph is the best, they either win pizza the next week or you name a menu item for them, you know, for a week or something like that, right? And and so you're just nudging people. They're sitting there anyway with pizza in front of them. You're just nudging them to actually create content, to take the pictures, to upload them, et cetera. I love that. I'm actually going to write that down, but I remember we're recording this, so I don't have to.
<laughs> there you go. Pizza Picasso. That's my my best real time consulting well, uh, for today. Tag Jay Bear if you'd use that. By the way, on Instagram, if you if Thank you, you if you steal please. that it's idea, my, and it's my it. gift to you. Yeah, that's like that's a great idea. Uh, well, this is awesome. Uh, always great talking to you, Jay. Where can people go check you out? I know jbear.com is your website. What about Instagram or Facebook? What's your preferred yeah, platform? So, uh, jbear.com, the new uh, podcast is called Stand Innovation, which is all about how to tell better stories. Uh, my long-running podcast is called Social Pros, which is all about uh, social media. Our main website, actually, for for listeners is convincedandconvert.com, which is our award-winning digital uh, hub. We have more than 6,000 articles about social media, digital marketing, and customer experience for business owners and managers. So uh, in terms of research and all kinds of other things. So uh, you can uh, you can learn a lot at convinceandconvert.com. Uh, find me on Instagram at jbear, J-A-Y-B-A-E-R. And convin- uh, Social Pros Podcast, by the way, is one I always suggest. That Social Media Thank Examiner you. podcast or two, if anybody asks yep, me what podcast I listen to. I listen to those quite frequently. So, Jay, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It was awesome talking to you today. Uh, Great to be here. Thanks so much. Good luck, everybody out there. All right. Well, as you can see, Jay is a very smart guy. Go follow him on Instagram, at Jay Bear, and also go check out his website. If you missed anything on this podcast episode that you were listening to, maybe you're at work or at the gym or driving in the car and you couldn't necessarily take the notes yourself, head over to thebruceirving.com. We'll leave all the show notes over there for you. And also, if you're listening to this right now, you can follow me on Instagram. I am at the Bruce Irving. On TikTok, I am at the Bruce Irving. And Facebook, I'm over there. Guess what? As the Bruce Irving on Facebook as well. This episode will also be available on YouTube. You can go to Bruce Irving on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast episode over there. And I hope you enjoyed this local business podcast. This is I'm excited about this new venture that we're on. I'm excited to share with you stories from local business owners who are doing some cool stuff. Some future episodes that we have lined up for you right now. My friend Tyler Anderson, who also speaks at Social Media Marketing World, which is happening in March of 2020. You can join me there. I'll be speaking there as well. We're going to talk about UGC and how to use user-generated content in your business. Another episode we have already recorded is with Roger Wakefield, who is a plumber. Yes, you can create great content and interesting content, even if you're in a uh, what others perceive as a not-so-glorious business like plumbing. Roger Wakefield, who's a plumber in Texas, does a tremendous job of doing videos on YouTube and LinkedIn to grow his local business and get exposure to get asked to speak at events and have other plumbers want to come work and learn from him from the content that he's creating. That's on next week's episode. And we also have Michael Stelzner, who is the founder of Social Media Marketing World, Social Media Marketing Podcast, and Social Media Examiner. And he's going to come on and share how to become well-known in any industry. So if you're listening to this right now and you're a real estate agent, or maybe you are a plumber. How do you become the most well-known plumber or realtor or whatever it is? Insert your title there. Michael Stelzner is going to share how you do that. We also touch on that episode of how to grow your YouTube channel and the social media marketing strategy behind their YouTube channel and what they're doing to create content, like what types of content they are creating and how they're going about marketing that as well. And finally, the last episode we have coming to you is with Kamal from Sublime Donut in Atlanta, Georgia. And he was somebody turned him on to me, or I turned was turned on to him by somebody who was in our one of our mastermind groups. 
And he was doing a great job a couple years ago on video. He's still doing a great job on video. But he was one of those early adapters to videos on Instagram. And if you go on Instagram, obviously food is something that's very photogenic and a lot of people love to look at and share. And he was one of the early adapters of videos on Instagram and and creating these videos to kind of go semi-viral and get exposure for his business. So he comes on the podcast in a few weeks and he shares uh, the strategy behind what he did there. What was the idea behind the videos? He's not necessarily one that was super comfortable in front of videos and what made him really just go all in on these and how it's helped his business. Now he has a few locations of his sublime donut shop uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. And we also touch on his like the beginning stories because sometimes those are the coolest stories is like, how do you start a business? And what is it like in those early years and grinding through the the nobody knows you and you don't have enough money to really put products out there, but you need to get products out there for people to buy. And I love hearing those stories of how things are built from the local business level. So those are just a few of the episodes we have coming up for you in the next several weeks. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, You can email me. I am at Bruce at the Bruce Irving.com. That's my email address. You can shoot me an email there. Uh, You can also message me on Instagram. Again, I'm at the Bruce Irving on Instagram. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Do me a huge favor. Leave me a review on iTunes. I'm not going to ask for reviews every single week. I just want to let uh, I just want to see and hear some feedback in the beginning of if you're interested in this topic and if you're going to be looking forward to these episodes coming out. What you thought of this episode with Jay? Uh, I would love to hear that feedback. And if you have somebody who owns a local business or you're a marketing person and you work with a lot of local businesses, share this podcast out with them. It would really mean a lot to me. I would truly appreciate that. I promise you that we will do everything in my power to make sure that this is the best local business podcast moving forward. With It's not a sales pitch and a pitch fest of a podcast, and we really are going to try to bring the best guests on to hear great stories. And I really want you to be able to listen to this podcast. And if you can get one or two things out of the podcast that you can go implement in your business then it's going to be a a big success for me. And if you want to check out another podcast, if you're a restaurant owner and you're listening to this or a pizzeria owner, go check out our other podcast, the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. You can search on any podcasting app as well. All right, thank you guys so much for your attention. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you on the next one.